0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Talk Off. It is Tuesday, March 28th, two days away from opening day, Chris. It's It could not be a better time in the world right now. Two days from opening day, rosters are getting finished. We're seeing guys make teams. We're seeing guys get optioned down to AAA. It's, it's a great time for a lot of players. It's sad for some players, but it's amazing for us. It's a sad day for Darren Ruff and the Ruff
1: fans. Ruff is having a rough day. It's a play on words. It's just like it could not be
0: You're uh, hilarious. a
1: greater metaphor for the guy than his time with the Mets was just rough. Not a, not a guy who uh, produced a lot in Queens, but I think everyone around the fan base saw this one as essentially inevitable moving into opening day that this guy would not be on the... Opening day roster, but you know it, it sucks because we still have to pay the guy uh, three and a quarter million dollars. So that is yeah. how it
0: works. That, I'm sure that, Frank the Tank that, is really happy about that.
1: Uh, I don't want to talk about Frank the Tank. That's a whole other can good. of worms neither, that we're really open up. Um, but it's 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 a good day, like you mentioned. Uh, spring training wrapping up. Both Arizona and Florida teams are starting to pack their bags. Head back to the uh, to their respective home states, and we're getting ready to play baseball in seventy two hours. Here, it's it's actually crazy because
0: I really thought the day would never come.
1: It's honestly and a surreal. It, it's a, it's a surreal feeling after an off that I can't really tell if it went by slowly
0: or fast. I don't know. There is always that like time in the off where it feels like it's going really slow because nobody's doing anything. There is no moves guys aren't signing it's just nothingness and that's usually like at right after the season when we have absolutely nothingness for like those last two months of the year yep and then once the free agent signings start coming along then it kind of starts picking up you get pitchers and catchers spring training and then you get to where we are now great great lineup for opening day two. some really really good pitching matchups and I Dude, some of these like some of these matchups are like Aaron Nola against Jacob DeGrom, Phillies Rangers four oh five. That's going to be a phenomenal game on Thursday. It's just there's all around just great matchups: Max Scherzer, Santi Alcantara, mm-hmm. Alex Manoa, Miles Michaelis. You got Dylan Cease, Framber Valdez. That's the ESPN game Dude, on Thursday night.
1: D- we can't we can't for- we cannot forget about Max Fried and Patrick Corbin. I'm gonna have my eyes all over that game.
0: Yeah, Patrick Corbin. You want to watch
1: Patrick Corbin, dude? He's like, he's one of the the very select pitchers who could say that they're a hundred million dollar pitcher. Come on,
0: that's I mean, that's sh- true. He sh- does show, make sh- a lot of money. Show show some respect on the man. And then ending the night with Shane Bieber and Luis Castillo, Guardians Mariners. That's another great game. There's just great pitching. I mean, who doesn't want to sit down on the couch at two o'clock in the afternoon and watch Kyle Gibson go up against Corey Kluber? that's what i'm looking forward to Uh, i think
1: i could take a a pass on that one but you know what i wish major league baseball did i wish they kind of copied what the nfl does for their for their opening night and they they had a game on wednesday night where it was just one game on prime time one national televised game like that would be that would be cool i would fire everyone up for the season but you know I, i get i get it there's a lot going on across the league there's I mean, I don't. Are every, is every team playing on on Thursday? It looks I like this. I mean, all right. Let's see. Let's do some basic two, four, math: four, six, five, six, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 eleven, 12, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Every team plays. Yeah, 15, 15 games. So yeah, yep.
0: I feel like that doesn't usually happen.
1: No, because you know what they usually do is they usually do, or at least what I remember happening in years past is they. It's always on a Thursday or I'm mm-hmm. sorry it's, it's so, no sometimes it's on a Wednesday sometimes it's Wednesday Thursday and then usually like everyone has Friday off there's usually just, a day so everyone weird. has off
0: it's so weird I just always remember opening day would always be what whatever it was it's usually one of the last 3 days in fucking what month are we in march sorry yeah. and I remember I always remember the Red Sox never played on opening day. We always played the day after opening day. And I was always so pissed because it's like (laughs) opening day. I want to get excited. And it's like, my team doesn't even fucking play today. I don't even care,
1: but I'm excited for opening day
0: this year. This year, it's going to be fantastic. Obviously you have, you know, the the shitty games, but in those shitty games are some great games. And, you know, even the Mets Marlins game, that that's a great pitching matchup. It's going to be a phenomenal pitching matchup. And, it's probably the Max matchup. Of the,
1: it's probably the matchup of the day besides Nola de i have to imagine, like you, could, you could make the argument. I would that would say so. Those are going to be the best. Maybe
0: Bieber, maybe Bieber Castillo, but yeah, it, it's definitely up there with some of the best matchups. I think no, Nola and de is the game to fucking watch. The Phillies against yeah. the Rangers. I really think, I think everybody out there is is really eager to see the Rangers take the field. They were excited to see what the Rangers have this year because of all the moves they made in their rotation, in their bullpen. Obviously they didn't really add a bat, which is why they're probably going to lose to the Phillies and still struggle this year, but I think everyone's really excited to see what the Rangers have because the potential there is honestly for the best best rotation in baseball is is the potential there. But I think a lot of people are eager to see what they have to see what they have and a lot of people are probably eager to see if they implode.
1: I'm really eager to see what the deal with Nola is. This is a contract year for him. I took him in fantasy. Zach, actually, Zach and I are in the same fantasy league and we haven't talked about our teams yet. But I have I have Nola on my fantasy team and I'm ready for him to have a fucking Cy Young season. because This guy does hasn't had a Cy Young. He's finished multiple times in the top five of Cy Young voting. It's time that he finally nuts up for the lack of better terms and wins a Cy Young in his contract year. That being said, Zach, same fantasy league, how are we feeling? We haven't talked about this. This is the first time we're talking about our, our fantasy teams right now.
0: Yep. Fantasy, I mean, fantasy draft last night, dude. And you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I did all right in the hitting department. I, I completely forgot about the u- utility position until like the very end. And mm-hmm. I, I was I was pretty pissed about that. And, you know, I, I, we've played fantasy baseball quite a few times. We used to play a lot in high school. When we could actually pay attention every day because we had no lives, but the thing I learned is that pitching really doesn't win you championships. And so I went weak pitching. I took a lot of relievers, mm-hmm. and I, I'm you know I'm going to take the L in wins and strikeouts and quality starts. But if I win four out of the four out of them out of the seven pitching, then I win. Are you
1: mad that you didn't have the opportunity to draft Yoshida?
0: Yes and no. yoshida Yoshida had Yoshida pretty much cued in my Fur Fantasy the draft pretty much the entire time and I was like I'm just waiting for the right time to take him and yeah. I thought a lot of people just wouldn't take him. He went the round I was going to take him. He went right before that. So I was kind of pissed, but whatever. Yeah, what are you Dude, do you to do? Dude, I feel like every time we do a draft, no matter what sport it is, no matter what happens, everybody just, just just knows that i'm going to take people that round so they take them it's 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 crazy <laughs> like it, it's crazy the amount of people last night that i was like yep this is going to be so fucking good i got it gone 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 you took a lot of them most of them you took honestly and it's I feel probably like I because we've ta- team. it's probably because we've talked about them on this podcast that we both were looking at player let me let me go look at your team and I I i'll tell I'm, you how know, many people you stole from me.
1: I know one person that I really wanted to draft, who I probably drafted a little too early, but I'm, I'm actually happy with the spot that I grabbed him in with Stephen Kwan.
0: That's I who I wanted so bad. That's why I wanted so bad. I, I feel, like a, lot, so I feel bad. like a
1: lot of people don't, like a lot of people who don't look into, because for, for those who don't know, we're doing uh, seven offensive stats and seven uh, pitching stats. And within those seven offensive stats, we have batting average, slugging, and on-base percentage. So, like, guys who get on base are, in this league more than ever, more important than ever. So, and Stephen Kwan is the guy who gets on all the time.
0: So, Dude, uh, Stephen Kwan, like, uh, that was one that I had cued to, and I was like, I know that nobody out here playing in this league besides me, Daz, and maybe a couple other people, a handful of people, know what Stephen Kwan is really about and, like, knows that Stephen Kwan is very valuable and he was dropping so late, and then when I saw you take him, I was, I was on my computer just swearing at you, even though you <laughs> weren't here. I was swearing up and down my fucking place because I was so pissed off. And then another one that you stole from me, Paul Seawald. You stole Paul Seawald from me, and I think that Paul Seawald is gonna sneakily be sneakily one of the best. So really the league. He's sneakily
1: the Sneakly, best one of the,
0: yeah. I think he, he very well could leave the lead the league. Oh my god, lead the American League in saves this year. I think yeah. it's very, very possible. I did I snagged his setup man, M- Munoz, but I think Paul Seawald is might have the most saves in the American League this year. And because he's on such a good Seattle team, they're gonna win a lot of games. So I, that was a great pickup from you. I was so pissed off when I saw that.
1: So honestly, who would you take first round? Let's. I mean, n- now that we're I took Turner the fan- with my first pick. Okay, now that in now that we're talking fantasy baseball, we might as well just dive in a little bit and do a little fantasy. Hell yeah! Baseball pre-season let's let's talk preview. a little fantasy baseball. Um, you know who was one person who I was kind of shocked that dropped late into the draft was uh, Luis Arias. He did. Interesting he did name drop to late. drop. And I don't understand why, considering you're talking about the reigning American League batting champ, I, I just don't understand why he's dropping in a lot of drafts. Because I was—I don't know about you but or anyone out there, when, when I'm drafting, whether it's fantasy football, fantasy baseball, whatever the sport I'm drafting in, I, I like to just look at trends from other leagues. So I, I look at their average draft position as opposed to their rankings – and whatever service you're using, ESPN, Yahoo, whatever it may be. But like, Luis Arias was being drafted in some of these leagues, like, average around 120. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't know why he would be drafted that late in any of these leagues. I mean, I get that besides, like, maybe maybe besides batting average and hits like you're you're not getting power out of him and he's not a reliable RBI guy or a stolen base guy. So you're really just banking on him hitting like 300 the entire season, but still at that fact, like he's got the versatility where he he's, he can play first, second, first and second base. So he could fill either of those holes in your lineup. I just don't see why you're, you're waiting till, I mean, depending on what size league you are, obviously, but like 120th pick to
0: pick up a guy like that. You know, I, I I think he that is like too far. He's not a hundred twentieth pick kind of guy, but I do understand why he's dropping in a lot of drafts, and it, I think it's because of of the big change. You know, moving from the Twins to the Marlins, Marlins Park, we obviously know is a bigger park. he's going to hit even less home runs. The guy hits no home runs. He's got no power. Obviously, think, he's going
1: to right. But I think his I think his slugging could go up. I think he I think he's going to get a lot more
0: extra base hits. I. Th- so that's, that was just going to be my counterpoint is he's gonna he probably will slug more because he'll probably run into more doubles in Marlins Park because it is so big. Yeah. But I think just the move from Minnesota to Miami is just – and you can't expect the guy to do exactly what he did last year. Do I expect him to be up there in batting average and fighting for a batting title? Yeah, I expect him to be fighting for a batting title. Do I think he's going to win it again? Probably not. But – I think it's it's just a big change, and you know a guy that just doesn't have that much power is not as valuable as you know someone with that can hit you know maybe fifteen to twenty home runs but bats two sixty. I think a lot of people in fantasy drafts look a lot more towards power and production than they do towards average and stuff, even though in in a lot of leagues ours included. Yeah, average matters. Who, um, if if you could
1: pick two players, one or two players in your roster, who you're kind of going out on a limb and saying, like, I'm taking a chance on this guy this year. Who, who would those one or two players be? Whether it's pitcher or hitter.
0: So, I got two. I definitely two hitters in mind. One of them. So I snagged Corbin Carroll, and I putting a, I'm putting a lot of faith in Corbin Carroll in his first year in the major leagues. But that's just, that's just shows how much I believe in this guy and shows you how good this guy is. He's a five-tool fucking player. He's going to bet at least 280, probably maybe rookie year, probably closer to 265, honestly, but he's going to adjust well as the whole season comes. The guy has so much speed. I expect him to steal at least 35, 40 bags this year, and he still has the pop to hit at least 15 home runs. So I'm putting a lot of stock in a rookie as honestly my top I picked him as my top outfielder he was the first outfielder I picked but I feel like with the speed and with the potential for power and he still is going to hit at a good clip even in his first year in the league I'm ex- really excited for him because I think he can just explode so I'm I'm, I'm curious
1: to to uh and I, I know you had the second pick in our draft um like you mentioned trey turner you you selected second overall if Otani were still available, yes, you would have grabbed Otani, yes, and to be honest with you like i I was thinking about this before we drafted yesterday, and um I was thinking like who would be the clear cut number one and it's obviously Otani. I think it has but to be Otani. Just it has, the versatility. No, it, it definitely has to be. But one thing that I was thinking about that kind of scares me about Otani is because he is pitching and he's hitting. He's putting a lot more wear and tear on his body than normal everyday baseball players are. Because I mean, Trey Turner is not going out there for five, six innings every five days on the bump, trying to like trying to throw you know ninety-seven to one hundred and one every other pitch. So that almost scares me, honestly. Because I feel like Otani, is in, he's in a stage of his career where that probably isn't affecting his production on either side of the fence. But eventually, one side is going to catch up to the other, eventually, right? Like, you would have to think. Like, obviously, this guy is a, is a different animal. Like, we've never seen anyone produce like he has on the baseball diamond. But I almost want to say that Trey Turner, you can make the case to be number one for for almost every league, every style of fantasy baseball you're playing.
0: Yeah, I I think I think it's important to have somebody who who is going to play a lot of games when you take your first pick in fantasy, and that has to be something that you think about. You don't want to take a guy who has a lot of chance of injury or is very injury-prone. Obviously, Otani hasn't shown that he is injury-prone, but there is that argument that everyone has pretty much made since he got into the league, and he has proved everybody wrong so far, but... Yeah. It's just going to take that one injury for everyone to say, "Yep, told you so." Shouldn't be doing both. So, I think it's it's really tough when it comes to Otani, but just the versatility of having a pitcher and a hitter, a, a, probably a top five pitcher in the league and a top five hitter in the league in one pick, you have to take it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm listen, I'm not, I'm not agreeing nor disagreeing with you. I'm just simply throwing it out there that the the argument has to be made for if you're if you're drafting like you have to give Turner a, a very very
0: solid consideration at the top pick I think de- definitely especially when you take into fact that he's gonna steal probably 40 bases this year yeah. on, and that's and that's on the low part so I, I think it's it's gonna be incredible what Turner does this year and Just talking about recency bias, I mean, he just played fantastical. Did I just say fantastical? Fantastical. We just made up a new world a word. word, 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 (laughs) Fuck, we
1: can't talk. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) He played fantastic in the World Baseball Classic. So, I mean, that recency bias is stuck in people's heads. So I can see why anybody (laughs) would take him one. Um, Jay, no, Jake, Jake just crawled into Jake, bed. <laughs> no, Jake, no, Jake,
1: Jake for a second, his blanket kind of looked like a towel, and his he was moving his laptop. And for a second, I was like, "Is Jake going to take a shower right now?" I, like,
0: <laughs> I had to sit on the couch. Long day at work. <laughs> it's fair. Everybody has those days.
1: So, Zach, let me let me let me dig into the um to the Kodai Sangha conversation because I know you draft. Wait, wait, him. wait.
0: Can I, can I talk, can I tell you my, my other hitter first?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: So my other hitter that I'm putting a lot, like he's not going to be a starter. He's going to be a bench bat, but he definitely could become my utility guy. Yep. Anthony Rendon. I snagged him so late because everybody forgets that Anthony Rendon was an MVP candidate in 2019, 2020, whatever it was. I think,
1: I think it's a very good option to have on the bench. Like I think you could get some production out of him, you never know. and,
0: and, Anthony Rendon had a 1300 OPS in spring training this year. He could be all the way back. You never know. And if he's not, I, I wasted my maybe fourth to last pick on it. So I'm fine with it. I yeah, think he's no, agreed. If he breaks out this year, I'm going to look like a genius. No, it's a, it's a very, very good pick. I am uh,
1: well, looking over your roster. I'm, I'm kind of uh, curious to hear your thoughts on Chris Bryant and what you might get out of him this year a sketchy pick i mean look he aside from the the batting average last year like he hit 306 but five five home runs 14 rbis like come on he's only played 42 games but it's like i know i know we i know i threw that stat out there where uh chris bryant hasn't homered in uh course field or something, something along those lines like since 2016 or something like
0: that so Nope, I I understand, I completely get it, and but, I am. But like, I'm we'll see
1: what we get out of him if he plays like what one forty games, one forty. So,
0: yeah, Chris Bryan is another one that I just I took a gamble on. I took a lot, I gambled on a lot of guys. Yeah, but Chris Bryan is someone I really took a gamble on, just because of the injury concerns, and you know he hasn't played well since he's gotten to Colorado, but. I'm waiting for the Chris Bryant breakout. I'm really hoping it's this year. I think it's going to be this year. If he just stays healthy, I think we're going to see the old Chris Bryant come back because it's still there. He's he's still a phenomenal player, and obviously the, the Rockies are terrible, and he's not a great outfielder either, but this is fantasy. It doesn't matter. He's going to hit. He's going to hit. If he stays healthy, he's going to hit. I have faith in that, and I think this could be the year that we see him come back fully. I ho- really hope it is. 42 games last year. It's not a big enough sample size. My assumption is that he was also playing hurt. So, And Coors Field, even though he's not been playing great at Coors Field, you get a Coors bump. I don't care if you're not playing that great. It'll come around. There's always a Coors bump. He will hit more home runs, more doubles. It's just gonna happen. It's
1: physics. it's it's physics. the ball flies different out there. of course. altitude. Big altitude guy. Uh, I, I I'm a fan of uh, I always thought that it would be sick if the home run Derby was in Colorado.
0: I think it would be sick too, but I just don't think they'll ever do it. The ball would fly like crazy out there though it would. So uh, can I can I ask you you know you just picked apart my team a little bit can I ask you a question you, you may you can you, you can plan deep who do you plan on game. starting at at first
1: base uh so I for for those listening I currently don't have a first baseman <laughs> um I mean I, I mean I, I love I Tristan
0: Casas but I don't think he should be starting on a fantasy team
1: I have Tristan Casas right now on my bench um I am currently in the works of a waiver claim right now for a second baseman so i have a waiver claim out for a first and second baseman right now so depending on which one of those i really like i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna bench one of them so sure you don't want to make you don't want to make a trade no
1: nah, not this early oh, i, I love s- I, I love trading i know i just i don't want to hold on to my pieces for a little bit but i have Arias and at, at second base. So I need to kind of need to see what I have. Zach has his Zach looks shocked. What, what, what
0: episode idea. Okay. Episode. Me mean, you work out, work out a trade on the, on like the a pod, big trade okay. on the pod. Well, working I, I, out a
1: trade. That'd be interesting. Um, right, not, not now, but like mid season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of up in the air of, of what I want to do. With uh, my first and second baseman, I mean, I I like Arias, but I'd be open to moving him at some point. So, what pick did you have? I had the.
0: You had to have a. You had seventh? to have a late
1: pick. I had the seventh pick, sixth pick, seventh.
0: So I was gonna say, how did I you end up with J Rod? How did you end up with J Rod Lindor and Arenado? I don't know, man. Like those are all possibly first round guys. Yeah,
1: I drafted. Um, Drafted obviously the J Rob with my first pick. Uh I think I picked Lindor second. Let's see. Yeah, yeah picked, you did. I picked Lindor second, and then I picked uh Then you picked Arenado. Arenado third, and then I took uh Nola. Arenola yep. after that. I I'm honestly like I and I and I, I bought in on Rodon. He's out for like a month, but he could be a you could make the argument that he's a second or third
0: round pitcher. I think I think that's a great pick. I I think you know a lot of people forget about guys that are hurt and they're only going to be hurt for like a couple months. Like I might I'm thinking about going on and, and picking up Trevor Story just 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 when for when he comes back. He's going to come back eventually, probably July. But yeah. you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's just an IO spot. It's not really. You know. It's not that big of a deal. Yep. And you know you, you kind of went along with me a little bit too, you know, getting a couple relievers in there. I like that. I like the Jeffrey Springs pick. I think he's like going to be very good. I love Sea and I like I like Holmes. I'm, I'm hoping Holmes is uh I hope Clay Holmes See, that's is, where the, we,
1: is the save. Is, oh Jesus, is the closer,
0: the saver. Oh man. That's where down. that's where you, that's where you lose me. I am not big pick? on Clay Holmes. I'm not big on Clay Holmes this year. Well, he stunk. do you want to know why? Second half of the season, but Yeah. Do you want to know why? Why? Because there's there's an old saying. Oh boy, here we go. The way to predict the future is to look at the past. I think I heard
1: Clay Holmes has been fucking say that one.
0: Clay Holmes has been fucking terrible every other year of his career except for last year. That was his first time being like good ever. The odds are saying that next year, Clay Holmes is going to be due for some regression. And that's, I just, I, especially he's going to, if he try, if even if they solidify him at the beginning of the year as the closer, I think it's just going to get even worse after that.
1: Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back after what was a really rough second half of the season for Holmes. But you know, it's it's new beginnings. I'm taking a chance on the guy, so I'm sure I'll have to pivot with whether it's him or if it's someone else on my roster for the for a closer. But closer is a tough is a tough category to pick for because for a lot of these teams who don't have dedicated like closers, it's going to be a lot of uh, closer by committees for these different bullpens, especially one for the Mets. Like, is David Robinson going to be the closer, or are we going to see someone else in the bullpen? Not Avino, maybe get some time in the closing role. We'll have to see what happens. But I uh, I like the flexibility in that role that, you know, home sucks. Someone else in the Yankees is going to be next man up. So fantasy is a waiting game. Unlike fantasy football where it's, it's you know, a guy goes down or has a shitty week, like you know his backup is going to probably produce. Like, we don't know necessarily for some of these teams who is going to be a viable, trustworthy
0: closer. Yeah, fantasy baseball is a lot different than fantasy football. It's just, you know, when you have 162 fucking games in a whole season, it's just, it's tough because fantasy football, I mean, there's 17 games in the season and you play even less than that in fantasy football. So it's just when someone goes down, it's like, well, fuck, we're done. In baseball, a lot of times when someone goes down, it's usually, you know, they're gone for a couple of weeks and then they're back unless it's a, you know, a huge injury. But I feel like baseball, you know, we see a lot more of the the take two weeks off and come back because there is so many games. So it's a lot different. There's a lot more roster manipulation that you have to do and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just good times. It's all it's fun. But, you, you know, you got to pay attention to your roster. You got to make sure guys aren't injured. And it's time consuming. Yeah,
1: very time consuming. I mean, think this is probably the most
0: time consuming fantasy sport that you could play, arguably. But let me tell you something. I am already saying I am officially mm-hmm. announcing I'm going to win. I'm going to win it all. Uh,
1: I'm officially announcing that I am going to
0: beat you no, in the championship. No. 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 Uh, actually if you take back if you take my saying from before to if you want to predict the future look at the past I lose in the championship of fantasy leagues quite a bit like a so lot congrats on me for winning like the almost fantasy. every single fucking year like for the past three years in fantasy football and I'm pretty sure two years in high school fantasy baseball all the times making the championship guess how many championships I have Zero. I won
1: fantasy football this year in one of my leagues. So that's fun. Congratulations. That's great for you. Thank you.
0: You know what sucks? Losing in the championship. That's what I did this year. Yeah, I year. Know.
1: It couldn't be me. I didn't lose in the championship, so.
0: You know, I lost in the championship the day Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns, and he was on the team I was playing. That's That's tough, man yeah. Uh, had like had like 60 points, 60 fantasy points, like the most ever. It was, it was crazy. I would have
1: had to go for a long walk after that.
0: Oh, my mom heard me say some words she's never heard before. Probably. <laughs> I was screaming. Uh, that was the worst day of my life. But, yeah, I'm excited for fantasy baseball. Definitely <laughs> not <gonna get> <laughs> going to get
1: disappointed. Always going into with a positive mindset. So like Zach no, said. No, you know, I
0: have I have the hitters. I have the hitters to do it. Sean Murphy, Jose Abreu, Semien, Austin Riley, Trey Turner, Marcus Carol Zeman. Bryant, Tyler O'Neill, Ty France on the bench. My, my bench is phenomenal. Ty France, Rendon, Danny Jansen. I'm amazing. I'm going to win it all. I love my life. You heard it here first. Team Heard winning it all.
1: So yeah, like uh, like we said earlier, if you're playing fantasy baseball, you know what the hell we're talking about. This is a time-consuming uh, beast of a, of a fantasy season that you're about to endure, but it's fun. It's fun managing your own team, um, but it is time-consuming. So good luck to everyone out there who's starting a fantasy baseball league. Like Zach said, all starts Thursday night, or Thursday, excuse me, Thursday during the day. One o'clock is the first game, and then we have we wrap up with who who's the the ESPN game? White Sox Astros.
0: White Sox Astros is the um um, it is the ESPN game at seven. The last game of the night is Seattle and Cleveland. Shane Bieber going up against Luis Castillo. That's at ten o'clock. So that'll be uh. I'm looking forward to. I'm.
1: I'm so excited for Opening Day, and I'm. I'm excited to get this baseball season underway. It's been enough of. Uh, enough of spring training, but I know I, I. would be. I. We. We need to mention this on the show because spring training does count to some people. St. Louis Cardinals can finally hang a banner, because they were the spring training champions
0: this year. If only that meant anything.
1: Seventeen and seven record. Twenty twenty three Major League Baseball spring training champions over the cactus Jay. Can we give him a round of applause? Can we give ca- him a round of applause? Over Jake? the cactus and the the fuck is the Florida League
0: called? Grapefruit. Grapefruit League. Yep. Congratulations, Cardinals. You finally did it. And congratulations, Cardinals. Congratulations, Cardinal Jordan Walker, on making the opening day roster. That's a prospect for the Cardinals that they are very excited about. The guy hits the absolute shit out of the ball. That's someone who's going to make their opening day roster. And Chris, I just want to talk about a couple guys, a couple guys who got I think got snubbed of opening day rosters and a couple guys who made it. You know, we live in Connecticut, very close to New York. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of hype because mm-hmm. Anthony Volpe is going to be the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees this year. I think that it's great with the new incentives that they've put in for teams. They want to bring up their star players earlier. I'm pretty sure there's if their rookie wins, it's either second, first, or second in rookie of the year. They get a draft pick. They get a pretty good one. That the Seattle just got one from J. Rod because he won rookie of the year in his first year up. So, I think the incentive to bring up a lot of prospects is very high. The Yankees bring up Volpe. They said he's gonna. They say he's gonna start at short. And for the Yankees' sake, I I hope he's good. But I personally would have left him at triple more. I would have left him in triple.
1: Uh it's tough because you know there was obviously we talked about this a little while ago when we did our uh, kind of division by division um, macro look of the of the American League East. It was interesting because the Yankees obviously had a hole going into the offseason of shortstop. They didn't want IKF in that role anymore. So honestly, the best the best that the Yankees can do right now internally is start their guy. Like you got to bring up Volpe at this rate. You have to you have to give him a chance. You have to give him major league reps. I think this is a smart move because honestly, this is I've seen enough out of him where he's, he's he's been hitting the shit out of the ball all spring where I think the Yankees feel comfortable that bringing him up to or like I have a feeling they don't they're not feeling this is too early for him
0: yeah I, I think I think they are kind of saying fuck it it's like we're either gonna we're gonna bring him up if he struggles he struggles and he'll figure it out in the majors and he'll hopefully get through it and if he doesn't struggle then great then they're in a great spot if he picks up where he left off in spring training the yankees are in a phenomenal spot yeah personally i think almost anyone is an upgrade from ikf it was it was really between you know peraza and right and volpe and volpe honestly just outplayed peraza he outplayed him in spring training and they brought him up and which is why Aaron he's Boone, getting the
1: nod he's getting the nod and plus like you look at the injuries these guys have not necessarily from a position player standpoint but the pitching is depleted so it's they need to find a spark from somewhere, and it's the pitching off off the rip for the Yanks is probably not going to be the most consistent thing, but you have to just this is this is this is a move that the Yankees had to had to do for their I feel like for their own sanity.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know Boone Donaldson Judge they've all come out. They said Volpe is he's MLB ready. He's not just just ready from a skill and talent standpoint. He's ready. He has the attitude that they need in the clubhouse. They all say he's ready. He's ready to go. So, you know, I hope for the best for the Yankees and for Volpe. And, you know, it's just showing that the new ML. I think the reason that we see, you know, the Cardinals bring up Jordan Walker and the Yankees bring up Anthony Volpe I think we're seeing this because of the MLB incentives. They have a lot of faith in these guys to go out there and perform, and they will be, and the teams will be rewarded for not trying to roster manipulate and
1: make yeah, these and guys then,
0: make less money.
1: Right, not trying to trying to skip a year of arbitration. Like that's just scumbag shit. Like the, the yeah. Cubs did that with uh, they, they did that with Chris Bryant.
0: Everyone does it with their players, unless you really have a breakout star, obviously, like Mike Trout or someone. They like to manipulate, and the rules in the MLB make it so that they can, and I understand why they do. It makes sense from a money standpoint, from a business standpoint, but it's nice to see that the incentives that the MLBPA put in are working and teams are feeling the need to bring up their young guys. There's two Could snubs I that I actually that I actually wanted to talk to you about. Two snubs. And... I'll start with the bigger one because the second one, no, I'll start with the smaller one, even though it's your team, the Mets. I feel like Brett Beatty should have made this opening day roster.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think he should too. He was hitting over 300 in spring training. I think the main thing right now is they want to they have Escobar get as many reps in the beginning of the season as possible. And to be honest with you, there's, there's no real incentive to have Beatty sitting on the bench. You might as well have him sit in AAA and be an everyday player, as opposed to him just riding riding the pine in the, at the major league level and occasionally getting at bats. Because right now Escobar is a starting third baseman, and there's 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 real there's really no uh, other option for Beatty besides third. So Escobar right now is kind of blocking that role for him, but you know, I think it just you they'll, know they'll, I think there's just the a situations.
0: I think the situation just sucks. It sucks that Escobar Mm -hmm. is ahead of him and they want to give Escobar a chance to still be good because Escobar is still going to hit, you know, having a switch hitter in the lineup too is very important. Mm -hmm. And, and I think Escobar is going to hit. The problem is the fielding and the age, but Escobar is going to hit. And so that's very good for the Mets. And it sucks for Brett Beatty that he's being blocked a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I just think he should have made the roster. I like him more than Escobar, but I understand why the Mets have to do it.
1: Yeah, and I, I was a big proponent of give, giving Beatty like a full season. I wanted him to get 500 at bats this year to really see what we had in this guy, but it doesn't seem like that is going to be the scenario as of right now. Things could change. Escobar could. Shit the bed, you can get hurt in the first week. So you have to really just wait and see what materializes over the course of a season. But like third base being such a big question mark for us, and not only this year, but for the future, I really thought that this was going to be a good year to kind of have a trial run for Beatty and Vientos. But it looks like upper management as of now wants to roll with Escobar, which is fine. I get that from a contractual standpoint. You're paying the guy a decent amount, like Send him out on the field, see what you get out of him, and then pivot to another option if that time does come.
0: Yeah, and and I really think I think the Mets really won't hesitate if that time does come. If Escobar struggling a month a month or two in, I think Beatty's getting the call and he's getting the call to start every day. And he's get like it's not going to be if you're struggling. We're putting Escobar back in. I think once Bre- once Brett Beatty gets the call, he's going to be the everyday sh- third baseman for the Mets. And I really think he's going to shine there. He's got he's got a great tools. He's great in the field. I think I think he's great in the field, and he's going to hit at a good clip, and he's just going to bring a, you know a little pop into that Mets lineup. Even though Escobar is a solid hitter, I just think Beatty is is the way the Mets are end, going to end up going come June July.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see this. I think I think I there's a real possibility this this lineup looks very different post. Post-trade deadline moving into August, and that's not to say that, that those moves will be made internally or externally, but I think there's a real possibility Vientos and Beatty get slated into the lineup regularly by August, and uh, Escobar might be out of the picture. So like, like we said, we'll have to wait and see what develops, but as of right now, Escobar is my starting third baseman going into this Thursday, so I am riding with him. And uh, I have full faith that we'll make the right decision.
0: I agree with you. So the other snub that I want to talk about, and, the, and and this is honestly the big one, and I'm so confused, I, re- I don't understand, the Orioles. Yep. Keeping Grayson Rodriguez in AAA is doing you and him a disservice. There is no reason this guy needs to be in AAA. He was he is your best arm he is your best arm by far for an Orioles team for an Orioles system that has one of if not the best system in baseball why are you not giving your guys a chance they need Grayson Rodriguez without this is their starting rotation come opening day without Grayson Rodriguez in it Kyle Gibson 4-3 last year Dean Kramer 4 last year Cole Irvin 4-8 last year. Kyle Bradish had a 4-4 and Tyler Wells had a 4-4. Grayson Rodriguez had a 3-6 in AAA and he is by far, by far, their best pitching prospect. They need this guy to be on the roster. I have no clue why he's not on the roster. I'm so confused. I I really, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, this was one that kind of confused me as well. Uh, he did have, you know, he did have a few tough outings in spring where he was allowing a few runs here and there. But towards the end of the spring, it looked like he really he got his footing and he uh he looked like he was going to, you know, probably slot in towards the back end of that rotation to start, but I don't think he was expecting this. I don't think I don't think the fans in Baltimore were expecting this. So I don't know. It's, it's just like it's a good problem to have where it's like you're not going to rush your your top prospect and one of the best pitching prospects in baseball right now. But it's like, man, like for for Orioles fans who they had they had a lot to cheer about towards the, the mid back end of the season last year. They have some great prospects and they're rocking Kyle Gibson as their opening day starter. So it's like I understand their frustration
0: I, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a, Baltimore it almost Orioles feels like fan, you're
1: sitting on gold right now, and it's you're just not gonna get it.
0: It's just like if I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan right now, I, I'm beyond pissed. Like I'm, I'm fucking, I'm livid, livid that this is what they're is that this is what they're doing. I mean, so looking at his stats from last year in high a double and triple combined he had a 2.62 ERA in 70 in 75 innings a 2.62 in 75 innings he made his way all the way to triple i i just I, I really i really just don't get it just this is the number 2 pitching prospect in baseball behind only Andrew Painter and you could switch them out any way you want maybe we should call this is a t- should we call the Orioles? I, I wish I could. I wish I could call the Orioles and ask them what the fuck they're doing because I, I it, just, it just does not make any sense to me why this guy would not make an opening day roster. He should be on this roster. Even if he's your fifth pitcher, he still will probably be the best pitcher in your rotation. Even if he's a rookie and your fifth pitcher, he still will probably be the best pitcher in this rotation. This rotation is terrible. All we talked about all offseason – Was how the Orioles said at the beginning of the offseason that they're going to make moves, they're going to spend money, and they didn't spend any money. The only person they got, I'm pretty sure, is Adam Frazier, who spent, they spent way too much money on because he's fucking terrible. And if that's what you did, congratulations on making him your everyday second baseman because he said when he got, when he went there, they told me I'm playing every day because I wouldn't go anywhere I'm not. So that's stupid. And then you don't sign a Michael Walker, you don't sign a Jose Quintana, you don't sign any pitcher and then everybody expects that because you didn't s- sign any fucking pitcher that you're going to bring up your number one pitching prospect and you leave him in AAA. Yeah. It's
1: uh it's,
0: it's man, it's It's very irritating for someone like I want to see him there. Like I want to see what this guy has. Obviously we don't watch a lot of minor league baseball, but Everything that you read about this kid, everything that you see from yeah, clips been, and you watch a couple all games. Over
1: the top process, like the, the, the he's phenomenal, line, so it's 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 tough. But I the Orioles will this guy will come up without a doubt within the next month or so. They probably just want want him to get, you know, two to three starts underneath his belt and then he'll he'll get the nod up to the majors. There's no doubt, but yeah, yeah almost, I just it, it I just think it was feels like delaying the inevitable. Like you might as well get the guy Major League reps now or maybe they want, exactly. maybe they want him That's to exact. be polished off a little more, but like how much more polishing of that are you
0: really going to do in a month or two in AAA? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like a month in AAA is going to get this guy nothing. You put him in the majors, give him the month in the majors, and if he's going to struggle, it's fine. He'll struggle in the majors. But a guy with stuff like this, you cannot leave a guy like this in AAA, especially when you have a five man rotation where no one has an ERA below 4.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't make that much sense at all, but
0: when you're when you're sending out Kyle Bradish every fifth day, you have an issue. You need to no get doubt. your pitchers up in the system. And yeah, I'm, gotta, I'm very angry.
1: You got to figure you got to figure out a way like very quickly for these for like if you're Baltimore Orioles management, like you have to figure out very quickly how to stop like getting bent over a table in AL East. And they like, say they
0: want to, they say they want to compete. They say they want to spend money, but they haven't shown shit. Yeah. So
1: I don't know. I Orioles fans have a lot to cheer about, but they have a lot to be pissed about at, at the, at the exact same time, which is an interesting, interesting um, kind of mix of situations. It's definitely. It, it feels like it feels like with every with every turn that I, I I look at with the Orioles, it's like they're they're doing something good, and then um, it's like they, they take one step forward and two steps back with every with every prospect or situation that they get themselves into. But
0: we shall see what it's happens in like, Baltimore. It's it's crazy. It's crazy that a team can literally come out and just and and just speak lies and people have to deal with it i've never been to camden yards before i want to go there i have it's it's very nice yeah it looks like a nice park it's very nice and they show out when when they're good they show out yeah i know i've heard i've seen great things about um like
1: last year when the orioles were starting to pick up pace like i'm pretty sure they had a sellout so that's that's cool to see
0: I still want to. I think it's still my goal in life to go to every stadium.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 my goal too. Probably down the let me road. count. We'll let me see count. what happens. I've been to one, like two, I, think, three, I think I've been to like ten or twelve. I don't know. I went to the A stadium. That's a place I would never want to go back to again.
0: I I don't doubt it. The Oakland ass. That was that was a really good one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not far off from the truth.
0: Okay, I've been to nine. One day we're gonna hit all thirty. Yeah, we'll we'll do it one day, I'm sure. And then I'm hitting all the minor leagues. Oh, good luck with no, that. That's, that's not happening. That's then you ha- <laughs> you really, if you want to go to like like all the minor league stadiums, first of all, there's a, a billion of them, so you'll never do it. But you have to go to some butt fuck towns in America. Like there are some. Weird towns that have minor league baseball teams that you probably don't want to go to.
1: No, probably in not.
0: the middle of nowhere, Nebraska or some shit. We should go to
1: a Yard Goats game this year. I will go to a Yard Goats game.
0: The Yard Goats are lit, and that's I've like never... one of the. I'm pretty sure that's like one of the best minor league stadiums there is.
1: Yeah, I think it's like Dunkin' Donuts Park, right?
0: Um. Yeah, yeah. Unless I just. I could have just pulled that out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure it's like one of the better ones.
1: No, I mean, I've seen pictures of it. It looks really nice. So, Plus, like minor league stadiums have to do something to their park or to their mar- – so they have to do more than major league teams do just to get people in their seats. So I'm sure there's something that draws people to Hartford for games.
0: Oh, Definitely. So yeah, I, we're we're almost there, almost opening day. I, we we absolutely can't wait to see all the games. I can't wait to watch the Red Sox at two o'clock. I'm really excited, and th- when Thursday couldn't come here sooner because we are ready for opening day to fucking start. Should we get into some picks? I think I think
1: that would be okay. Let's do it. By Riverside.
0: All right, we got picks for Thursday, March. 29th no 30th that's how math works march 30th we're all going to give a pick for the opening day schedule on thursday we'll hopefully give you one for more one of the morning games and honestly we'll probably be recording friday's episode during the white Sox houston astros game on espn so that's going to be great so we're giving picks i'm going to give my first my pick I'm going to go with one of the best games of the day. The Phillies taking on the Rangers, Aaron Nola versus Jacob DeGrom, and I'm going to take the Phillies minus one and a half. I'm going to take the spread. I think DeGrom gets shelled in his first outing as a Ranger, and he looks like an idiot. I think this Phillies lineup is amazing. Trey Turner's probably going to go yard. I might even bet on him to go yard. That's how fucking hot he is. He had another home run today. Phillies minus one and a half. I'm taking the spread because I have a, just the biggest the biggest nuts I thought you guys almost heard me fart for a second there I'm really
1: glad that we didn't uh i'm I'm going hometown for this one I'm taking Mets minus one and a half there's no reason there's no rhyme or reason why I'm taking it but uh it's Mets it's opening day we don't lose on opening day Met's one and a half
0: Jake. Uh, I have the same thought, except with the Yankees. Um, we don't lose opening day. Yankees one and a half. Lock it in. I don't know, Jake. I don't know. I just want to root for them. So it's okay. The Giants are actually fucking terrible. So I was looking yeah. at the Giants roster today. They're really bad, but th- their pitching has upside. Their pitching could be good. But who's starting tomorrow? Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Very good season last year. Should we get into the roulette spin? I mean, we could. We could also blow our brains out.
1: Yeah, all right. What's the random? I'm doing it today. What, what What do we have for the random number?
0: So if you paid attention to the last episode, that if anybody listened to the last episode, I think it was Jake picked Johan Santana as the random player he was number 57 obviously there's no 57 on a roulette wheel so five plus seven is 12 the random number is 12. okay we have three dollars on 12 and we are spinning we are spinning
1: come on yo we are spinning we are spinning and it is 25. god fucking damn
0: it can't start with the i tw- thought it was 12. Yeah, I know. I thought it was 12-2. I got, actually got excited for a second. <laughs> I thought we did it.
1: I thought we did it, boys. No, 25.
0: One day, I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy when we get it.
1: I think we just have I mean, to start would- sticking with the same number.
0: You think so? That could be a strategy. I think we have to. I mean, if we stick with the same number, then statistically, we should get it within the next 30-something. <laughs> Statistically, at, that's like time. saying like if I get up if the if the
1: odds of me hitting a hole in one are like one in ten. I I think the odds for you to a hole, hole in one are like one in twelve thousand. So, like it's that statistically,
0: hit, if you take twelve thousand shots, you should make one. Yes, that's how that's how statistics work. No, I'm not saying it's not. That, I'm not.
1: That's, that's not. That's actually not how statistics works. It's every time you, you hit a shot. Like if it's one in twelve thousand, right? Like if you hit twelve thousand shots, that's not how. That's statistically, that's not how it works. It's like every time you get up to the tee box, like every time you hit the ball, it's one in twelve thousand. So, so you're so on my side, right? So, so no. So, so in order for you to, in, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah.
0: But, but what does one in twelve thousand mean, does? That means you take twelve thousand shots and one goes in. That, I'm not saying that's actually what's going to happen. Obviously, fucking not. But statistically, that's what the statistics show. Logically, Statist- it doesn't statistically, work.
1: Statistically, like you would have to hit the same exact shot, the same exact. You you would have to have everything down to the exact like inch for it to be you'd have to repeat the exact same shot flip flight of everything twelve thousand times.
0: No. No. I'd feel like they would take into account like you may be like chunking it or something. Yeah, because it does, because if you do the exact, if it's the exact same shot and the exact same shot shape and the exact same thing every single time, then it's going to go in the exact same place every fucking time,
1: which there in theory is only a, a few numbers, a few places on the green. You can hit it and put it in the cup. So you'd still be aiming for a small area on the green
0: anyway. Yeah, but you just said that it has to be the exact same everything.
1: Well, for it's it's not like hitting 12,000 You confusing 000, everyone. Stati- statistically speaking, like if you stepped up to a T and and, hit, and said like here's a bucket of 12,000 golf balls. If I don't come out of here with a hole in one, like the odds are bullshit. That's just not how it works. It's every time you get up That's exactly two how
0: it works. No.
1: Yes, it's every time you hit a shot, your odds are one in twelve thousand.
0: Does but what does that even mean to you? You're just saying numbers. No one. What does that mean? No, does no, one I'm in not. twelve thousand? What does one in twelve thousand mean to you? What does that mean? Your
1: I don't have the exact. Don't say. Don't
0: you, you fucking say your odds are one in twelve thousand? Don't
1: say that, bro. You are not thinking logically right now.
0: No, you aren't thinking logically. You're just saying numbers.
1: Nope, nope. L- just listen. listen. I to understand you what, what you're
0: saying about... Uh, I understand what you're saying. Every time you hit a shot, the odds are 1 in 12,000. I'm not saying that on your first shot, it's 1 in 12,000. The second one, it's 2 in 12,000. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Or, or 1 in 1, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. The but what, you're, you saying, a hole in what water, you're saying...
1: What you're saying... 12... Are- it's 12,500 to one. That's what the okay. odds, the odds for, of, of a, of a non-professional golfer to make a hole in one is.
0: Okay. So, so I you, think that does mean 12,000 balls. You'll get one in like statistically. obviously. Yes. Statistically. That's what it means. Cause the average golfer will chunk a few. But, but what you're saying is,
1: no, no, but that's not my argument. Your, your argument is if you stood up on a tee box and hit 12,500 golf balls, you would get one hole in one.
0: No, no, no! I never said that, dude. I what just, I said I, is that no, what, that's no, 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 what it says. No, no, no. no, no statistically, no, no, no. statistically, that's what that's what statistics say. Statistics mm-hmm. say that if I go up there with twelve thousand five hundred balls, I will hit one in. That's what statistics say. Logic says that I could hit fifty thousand, and it's one of them still won't go in. Right, and I just and we're we're saying the exact
1: but same. thing. But how do you think? We're saying the exact same thing.
0: I think you I just think you guys might be. I think no, we might we, be, but you no. Confused. We're saying the exact we're same thing. You just said fifty
1: thousand balls. Like I, you still couldn't get one in, which proves my point that your odds of hitting a hole in one are one. You're still one in twelve thousand every time you hit a ball. So, so out of that outcome of every single swing, there's twelve thousand possibilities of you not hitting that hole in one.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But that that didn't, I don't think. That's that not what you were saying about. before. It absolutely
1: was that what
0: I was saying before. No, it was not. <laughs> absolutely. You were not saying. You're going to listen back to this and be like, what the fuck was I saying? Because no. you were not saying that whatever i'm 2v1, not chris, well, 2v1
1: chris 2v1 2v1 stupid no this is stupid because you, you know this, this is stupid because you're you <laughs> you were not, not listening stupid. to me from the beginning
0: no i was listening the whole time
1: no you were just trying I to say wait that till, it, i can't no, i can no, you, to you listen not know you to, no, we'll you no, you were just ha- you were just tr- you were all fucking on your on your high horse just saying like oh if i hit 12,000 golf 12,500 shots i'm going to statistically fuck that is true and I'm saying statistically that uh, you're, you're not, you're not. We're done. There, We're done. We're don't, done. You don't get it. You don't get it.
0: No, 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 I get it. I fucking get it. I get it, buddy. No, you don't. Trust me. I get it. I'm saying but, but that every time that's, that's, that's you a nice get. That's
1: I'm argument. I'm, I'm, I'm saying every time you get up to the tee box, no matter what it is, you, it's. Never, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing this anymore because you're not gonna understand. Because
0: you're just you're arguing nothing. We're
1: done. No, because because when I said if, if I gave you twelve thousand five hundred golf balls and you came out of that without a hole in one, you'd be like, this is bullshit. This ticks are bullshit.
0: Does All statistics are bullshit. Oh really? The statistic about the statistics about lightning or whatever, how 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 crazy it is if, if so much lightning fucking hits people, or whatever the fuck it is, you know, like it, the statistics on people getting struck by lightning or whatever. Some people still get it twice in their life. It, you can break statistics.
1: Well, that person's lucky as fuck then. You but what that's what I'm saying.
0: Statistics. I'm just Men saying. Men lie, this is women lie. Numbers don't.
1: Facts don't care about your feelings. Arguments out. Don't care, okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening to that absolute bullshit argument from an idiot and two geniuses, me and Jake. We'll see you guys on Friday. We will be recording during opening day. We'll talk about opening day, how the day was and everything. We are so excited. Everybody can't wait two more days till opening day, and we'll see you guys on Friday.